Let's be real, I'm unqualified at best, but I'm taking this year to challenge my fears and seek out authenticity through conversation and hopefully some daring vulnerability. The goal, I'm not really sure yet, but I hope to come out of 2022 more connected to myself and my friends and my faith. Welcome to a year of holy interruptions. Come journey with me, or you know, don't. It's really up to you. I'm here with my friend McKenna. Hello. Hi, Sarah. Hi, McKenna. (laughs) (laughs) I met McKenna a few months ago Mm -hmm. um, when I moved to Hawaii and joined our church and you were part of the young adults. And I don't actually remember like specifically meeting you, but we did volleyball together. Yes. I I actually remember. I think you were like, you told me my eyes were really pretty. You have beautiful eyes. (laughs) <laughs> That's like that is such an accurate thing. It's really sweet. You have the most beautiful light blue eyes. You always like say ever. that, and it's so sweet. It's because it's still true. <laughs> we don't actually know each other that well. No, we don't. We've kind of become friends because we realized we both love growing. We actually bonded over a podcast called The Connected Life. Yes. Because I've been listening to them, and I've been kind of on a journey of self awareness and learning more about myself and how I'm disconnected to a lot of my emotions. And Mm -hmm. I talked to you about that because we randomly were outside a coffee shop for a good 20 minutes. Yes. And then sat down and talked for like an hour. That was so fun. That was was so sweet. I love that. That was one of my favorite like spontaneous moments. Yeah. It was a holy interruption. Yes. Yes. And I think that's when I was like, oh my word, you need to be on my podcast, yeah. which I hadn't even started. And you were like, okay. I know. And I was like, I love that. Just going for it. Yeah. Just commit. Just do it. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. And anyone listening will know that I don't know what I'm doing. But the thing is, is that like, if we just go boldly and try it out. And the start. thing is, is that I honestly don't care if people listen to this. Yeah. I'm not here because I think I'm about to get a million followers and I'm no. going to make it big. Like, I'm not here for my moment. Like, But yeah. I love listening back to conversations. And the thing is, is that I'm going to have a conversation with you right now that I wouldn't have had with you otherwise. Exactly. And I think that's so cool. And we get to record it. And like 20 years from now, we'd be like, hey, remember what we were thinking when we were 20? <laughs> I know. We could show our kids. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, this, was, Dang, this is what your parents were doing. in 20 years. Ugh. That's scary. Let's, let's, let's not go there quite yet. <laughs> so weird. Okay. We have a lot of life to live still before yes. that, that comes around. But I wanted to just talk today a little bit about, like, your growth experience and what led you kind of on a journey of self-awareness and finding the Connected Life podcast, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we bonded on. But yeah. I can go first so you have some time to kind of just, like, think about what you want to say and not like put you in the deep end immediately. Perfect. I appreciate <laughs> you are it. your first episode. <laughs> See, this is my second episode, so I'm used to this So now. you're a professional. <laughs> I'm a pro. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. No, so I have always been the type of person who like wants to get better at things and like excel at things. I'm very type A. I just like very achiever driven. That's just who I am. I was always reading like self-improvement books. I was quirky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that was just kind of like always my like drive and everything. And I like had a fine childhood. I think like everyone has 
things in their childhood, but mine wasn't like overly dramatic. I had some things that came up, but it wasn't like I had a terrible childhood that I'm deeply wounded by, which I'm really grateful for. Mm. I had really loving parents who did the best with what they had and were able to give us. And I was really lucky in that way, I think. But there were things that in my community, I saw a lot of different like toxic habits and traits kind of go unchecked in people around me that then I started kind of like picking up on those toxic traits without even realizing they were toxic mm. because so much of my life was just watching and imitating people and when you don't realize that what you're imitating is bad you don't stop doing it totally um, yeah. because it's just normal so I grew up picking up a lot of different like toxic traits and things that I was like I or like more toxic coping mechanisms mm -hmm. so like if something didn't go well I'd have little things that I'd do or like say like I always wanted my friends to do what I was doing mm. like I wanted to be able to make the plan and they would just do it and mm -hmm. if they didn't do it I'd be like well why aren't you doing it and almost in a like controlling way yeah where it was just like well even the other day like I had to like confront this because I wanted to play a board game night and there were like two people who were down and the rest of the 10 people I lived with were not interested I like almost snapped. It wasn't actually about them coming to my game night. It's because I was taking their response personally. Mm. And that like growing up was very unchecked in me and in my community. And so my growth journey, a lot of it has been learning to like identify the ways in which I do have those toxic coping mechanisms. Had a roommate in college that we did not have a healthy relationship with. Mm. And at the end of our time living together, it just got really bad. And her boyfriend got involved, which is not good. It was the last day of classes and he just kind of came at me. And it was not done in a healthy way. And it was not a good situation or good conversation. But it was good for me in that I had to come face to face with a lot of my toxic traits. Mm. And I had to sit and look at and I couldn't escape it and I couldn't deny it. I just had to sit and be in the reality that I have a lot of toxicity. And it was one of the worst days of my life. Yeah. <laughs> just because you you can't do anything but just be. Mm -hmm. And so that really is what triggered me on this deeper journey of saying, okay, the reality is, is that I'm toxic. And the reality is that I have things that I've not dealt with and that I'm running away from. But what can I do to address that reality? And how can I become more of a healthy person? How can I handle things in a better way? I'm a huge reader. I love books. So I read a lot of different books, a lot of Christian authors, especially mm -hmm. because my faith is important to me and I yeah. want to balance those things together. And so finding books from John Mark Comer and his yes. talk. He talks a lot about relationships and people and purpose. So I read a lot of his books and I read um, a lot of books by Henry Nowen about experiencing the depth of emotion, specifically his book, The Inner Voice of Love. Huge impact on my life. And then I read books like Atomic Habits about how do you create habits so um, important. Yeah, that are healthy and good in your life. And yeah. so I just kind of like started on this journey and then started getting into podcasts, found The Connected Life, it's who amazing. are phenomenal. That's kind of like what triggered my journey to self-awareness so that I can be more connected to people and recognize the ways in which I'm unhealthy. And the reality is that we're all unhealthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. what like for you was the like trigger or what started you on a journey of saying, I want to become more aware or, or were you always that way? Yeah, so that's a good question, and I appreciate you sharing. Like, I'd like to know more about you. It's really <laughs> fun. But yeah, so I 
think kind of similar in the sense that like I I, ha- I had these like toxic habits and things in me that I didn't even realize until like years and years later. Like I've always heard of like self growth and I was like, oh, sounds nice. Like <laughs> I don't really know what that means. Yeah. Also, given I wasn't, I didn't grow up a Christian. Mm. So like my faith was never like something that I even thought about. Totally. Um, and so I, my childhood was a little bit rough. Like parents divorced when I was um, in fifth grade and then parents both kind of like dated several people throughout my whole childhood. So I kind mm. of had to be an adult, like young like, buy groceries for myself, like, learn to drive, like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I think, like, that made me, like, kind of become an adult more, but I still, like, with all that going on, like, never really, like, sat and realized, like, oh, my life is, like, this is not normal, like, you know? Like, I didn't realize that I had become an adult, like, earlier than I should have been, Yeah, kind of thing. So, and that, like, led to a lot of other things, like, kind of like what you said, like control, like having control issues. Cause I mm. was so in control of my life and totally. like developed like an eating disorder, like mm. all these different like ways in which like control formed in different ways in my life, which is an eating disorder is like another form Absolutely. of having control of something. Yeah. And so I think honestly, like when I, when I became a Christian, so after I was, after I moved out and was in college and like my first year of college, I was like, mm like, tried going to parties and, like, doing all the worldly things, and I was like, oh, this is not, like, fulfilling at all, Mm -hmm. and I I was like, this is not fulfilling at all, and, like, around that same time, my brother and my sister-in-law, who are Christian, had moved to my hometown, and so I got to, like, be around them, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, they have, like, a light inside of them, and, like, I want that, so I started going after, like, what they had, like, asking a bunch of questions, started going to church with them, then I found Jesus, like, through them but yeah so then I think I think like that was a start but the growth journey like I really haven't been on like a full like diving into my personal growth until the last like I would say year year and a half um honestly living in Maui is when it like really so I've been here a year and a half so that's when I really like discovered what that actually looks like a girl in my church I told you about her Sammy Robbins yeah so she like came up and one day at service was like it's really been on my heart to like have a young adults um women's group at my house Justin and Abby Stumble are actually her mentors so like crazy the, the connected world. life I know <laughs> so like she has her own business that's pretty much like very similar to the same things that they talk about yeah and so we would meet every Wednesday and like just really like go deep and like dive into like deep, deep things in our mm-hmm. lives. And that a lot of that involved like bringing Jesus into moments like where we thought back on our childhood and like, oh wow, like this really hurt. Like, how can I imagine like Jesus there with me through that hard moment? Say something like happened where, for example, like your dad like left you at, didn't pick you up from school or something. Yeah. And then like reimagining that and then like imagining Jesus being there and being like, oh, like I love you. Like mm-hmm. kind of like transforming those moments of your past with like Jesus in mind Mm -hmm. and that was like very very helpful for me and then kind of like what you said like I've noticed it too being so helpful in like relationships too like friendships and having roommates and living with like you you're you live with what 12 people yeah (laughs) yeah well I only live with five but even that is like there's so many different personalities everyone has their own story absolutely everyone's triggered (laughs) by something different Mm -hmm. and if you're not honest about it and you're not like can open up and say like oh this this, when you do this, like, it makes me feel this way because in my childhood, like, 
my dad did this. And so like, when you do this, I know maybe you don't mean it like that, but it feels like the same. Like it feels like triggering for me. And then like being able to have compassion for each other. So I think that is like changed my relationships too. Like I've never had such like honest, like genuine friendships because we can be honest with each other. Yeah. And you hit on two really key things, which is the awareness to say, this is my trigger. This is why I'm responding the way I am to my trigger. Yes. And then also being able to have compassion. Yes. And be able to, I think, as you grow in self-awareness and as you understand more about yourself and your triggers, you end up having such a bigger sense of compassion for other people mm-hmm. because you've, like, you've seen the need for it in yourself. And then when you have that compassion for others, it leads to a more genuine, a more authentic relationship with that person, which then has a ripple effect as they receive that, they want that, they give that, boom, boom, exactly. boom, we have flying dominoes and a huge... Yeah, and <laughs> like, everyone can just be like, understand that we're all human, we're all, exactly. we're all messed up, exactly. honestly. And we're all in need of grace. Yeah. And, you know, here we have Jesus Christ. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yes. <laughs> that changes the narrative completely. It'd be a much different story if we didn't have that modeled for us. But yeah. I, I just, I love what you're saying about, like, compassion leading yeah. to authenticity yes. and to genuine connection with people. Because I think that's the key problem is you have a broken relationship, a broken experience. You're, you know, a daughter having to buy her own food. Yeah. That's a broken system. Mm-hmm. And yet, having moved through that and worked through that and grown in that to be able to, you know, when a friend doesn't offer to pay for coffee or whatever it is, not being triggered by that in the same way. I'm making assumptions about your life. Yes, totally. Um, Not to anyone listening, that's not, (laughs) (laughs) um, that's my words only. (laughs) But being able to, like, recognize those um, moments. And for me, knowing parts of your story, then being able to do things in response to that. Yeah. And to um, have a sense of compassion when those triggers do come up. Because I know that story. But I think... The hardest part of this is when you don't know the story, still being compassionate. Mm -hmm. Because I think there are a lot of situations in which someone will respond really weird Mm -hmm. to something. And like you said, I'm one of 12 roommates. So there's a whole lot of us with a whole lot of triggers, a whole lot of opinions. That's a lot. (laughs) A lot of perspective, very different backgrounds. We're from all different parts of the world. Not even the country, different parts of the world. And so we have very different dynamics. And there are times when one of my roommates or myself will do something that just feels weird. And it's like, why were they triggered by X, Y, Z? And yet still choosing to have compassion in that and for that without needing to know the narrative. Totally. And that's the thing I've been learning so much about. And I don't know how to do it perfectly. Honestly, I probably never will. Same. Um, (laughs) No, same. But it's the like, the choosing to seek it out and choosing to like create a mindset that when you're in those moments, you have that response. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And it too is like humility comes into it so much. Yes. Like being able to say like being able to be wrong a lot. Cause like <laughs> you said, we're not ever going to be perfect. And like even myself, sometimes I'll do things and I'll have to like check myself or like check my heart and be like, why did I do that? And like, Maybe, like, go be, like, even if the person doesn't confront me, be, like, I realize I did this out of, like, a bad place, and I'm yeah. sorry. And I just totally. didn't, like, I don't, yeah. Just, like, confronting it. Totally. I feel like, um, oh, something happened, like, a few, a month ago or something. 
um, I just like woke up one morning and I was like feeling super jealous of um, a few of my roommates. Mm. And so I was like, you know what? I am just going to confront this like right now. And I was like, you guys, like I'm, I just want to say like, I have a jealous heart right now of you guys. And that's like sinful of me. And I'm really sorry. And I just like want to ask you to pray for me. And like, I just want to say like, I'm sorry for like being jealous. And I don't, I want to confront it before I like act out of jealousy or do something. Yeah. And it's just like the whole process has just like helped me so much with like being able to like check my heart and be like, okay, I feel jealous. Well, and to be able to name that as jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think a lot of, a lot of people will know something's off. Yeah. But being able to identify what it is. Yes. Is exactly. So too. Because if we're all just always defending ourselves and like always thinking we're in the right, it's just, it's like fighting fire with fire. Oh, absolutely. Never going to get anywhere. No. <laughs> Horrible. Just a bigger mess yes. on your hands than you had before. Yes. Well, and I loved what you said about humility. This is such a cliche quote, but Lewis always said humility is not thinking less about yourself but thinking about yourself less yes so rather than devaluing yourself or tearing yourself down or anything like that and giving a lower perspective of your worth it's rather just like not thinking about yourself like it's it's about thinking about others first it's about putting other things more on the forefront of our brains it's true and i am terrible (laughs) i feel you it's hard it is so hard because my instinct is protection. Yes. Protection of myself, my reputation, my image, how I want to be perceived, controlling that toxic trait. Here we go again. <laughs> it all comes back. But like that is how I walk through the world. And yeah. one of the things that the journey I am on and will frankly be on for the rest of my life yeah. is learning to adjust that perspective and to get in a mindset that it doesn't matter what I look like. It matters how I'm engaging and what relationships are like. Yes. And that reminds me of a story, which is maybe off topic, but we were, we were in my discipleship class and we were talking about the importance of listening to God and being a fool for God. Um, and this girl was saying that she was at a church. I don't know if this was her or her friend. Someone had been standing in church and I think it was like the pastor's wife and she felt the Lord tell her to do cartwheels on stage during the service (laughs) and she was like absolutely not that is absurd why am I thinking about this and the whole service she just felt it so strongly that she needed to go and do cartwheels on the stage and she had been like pushing it off was like very resistant to this because she was she would look absolutely ridiculous oh my gosh like can you imagine being in a service and someone's just doing cartwheels so she gets up and gets on stage and starts doing cartwheels behind the worship team And sits back down and is like, I can't believe I just did that. Why? Why? Like, what is going on? And someone after the service came up to her and said, I have been really struggling. And I I said to God, if you are real, I want someone to get up and do a cartwheel on the stage. Are you serious? And she did it. And so it was this cool moment of her being like, you know what? I'm going to look like a fool. Yeah. And my pride wants nothing to do with this oh, no. and my like idea of self-image but because she was able to take that posture of humility to say I'm going to look like a fool to follow what I feel like God is telling me to do that led someone to Christ wow. and that gave someone the opportunity to see how real God is and so I just love that story that's such a cool story um, 
because that's the type of person I want to be. I want to be the person doing cartwheels on the stage of a church yeah. because I feel God calling me to do cartwheels on the stage of church, which I, I say. That. And then I think of like the times I felt God tell me to like go do something random. I'm like, do I have to? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not there yet. No. Um, and that's, we're on our way. Yeah. That's, I love that story. <laughs> that is so cool though. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. I would have for sure been like, this is just me thinking this, and yeah. uh, right? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the discernment to hear, like, from the Holy Spirit and actually to do it, too. Yeah, Powerful. totally. Well, and also, we hear stories like that, and it's like, oh, that's so cool, but half the time, we never know the end result. Yes. And yeah. being willing to do something and look ridiculous and never know if it was actually yeah panned out to be what it was supposed to be, that's scary. It is scary. And that's, like, true humility. It really is. <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, like, the options, like, if you think about it, like, her options are, like, okay, I'm going to do cartwheels, and I'm going to maybe look like a fool, and maybe nothing's going to happen, and I just look like a fool. Or, like, I, someone else, someone isn't saved from, like, or someone isn't saved by Jesus. Like, yeah. just, like, crazy. Yeah. You Love don't think it. of it like that in the no. moment, but, like, afterwards, no. you can see, like, wow, that was, like, a make-or-break moment. Absolutely. And the power of humility. Yeah. I'm repeating what I've said already, but just, like, it's, it's so important to be able to like recognize that we don't matter. Yeah. Like we do. Mm-hmm. We're humans. Like we have opinions, we have perspectives, but like our pride and reputation aren't the end all be all of our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing to like sit with. It's so hard. Because for me as a Christian, the end all be all of my life is worshiping and glorifying the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. In whatever way that looks like. And then you have all these people in the Old Testament who have ridiculous stories of in, being in caves. And, you know, Gomar and Hosea. Yeah. Hosea is just chasing his wife who keeps leaving him and he keeps going after her. And all these different people who had to let go of themselves and their reputation or their pride in order to do what God was calling them to do. And I think it's... It's easy in our culture, which is not strongly Christian, Mm -hmm. um, on a cultural value level, to, like, not want to do it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Not want to look like a fool. No, we don't. We want to look put together Mm -hmm. and professional and, like... We don't want to fail. No. We don't want to be rejected. No. We want to be successful. Mm -hmm. Like, that is is what we're going for. And yet, the countercultural call of the Christian is to be holy interruptions of the normal. Yes, that's so good. Thank yeah. you for coming and talking yes, to me about all things self awareness and humility and cartwheels. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Let's too. do it again. Let's do it again. We will have McKenna back. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you for having me, Sarah. Anytime. That was so good. <laughs> that was fun.